Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in the book of Matthew chapter 7 today. Matthew's the first book in the New Testament. If you're new to the Bible, there's the Old Testament, which is the older half, and then the New Testament, newer half, and the New Testament begins with four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they tell the story of Jesus. So if you're brand new to the Bible and want to start reading the Bible, those are great books to read. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read it like a story, and uh, it'll, it'll talk about the life of Jesus. So we'll be in Matthew 7. To get us started, I'm going to put a meme on the screen. My guess is we have all observed someone at some point in time when we we think this like what are you what are you thinking uh it happens fairly regularly today i want to talk specifically about when we feel that about a leader around us i remember the first time i think i had that thought i was 16 it was at my first job uh the owner of the bowling alley where i worked his name was bob and I would watch Bob walk around and check to see what was in the trash. And I remember thinking, what's going on in Bob's head? And one day he came to me and he said something like this. He said, Mark, this is a perfectly good screw. We may need that for something. And at the time... I just was thinking, what's going on in my, well, here's a thought, what's going on in my leader's head? Have you had those thoughts, especially with leaders, I'm guessing? You're at work, and right, the, the management team just hires three folks in that other area when you've been saying for a year, we need six more here. And so it's easy to go, what's going on in your head? By the way, I'm trying not to say that in an ultra-critical way, like, like, why are you such an idiot? Like, that's not what I'm thinking. But trying to authentically realize if we know what's going on in their head, it can help make sense of life, right? It happens at work. It happens politically. You ever wondered when so-and-so makes some kind of decision and you go, what? What are we thinking? Uh, I think it happens in our family situations. I'm pretty sure as we were raising our children, there were times like we would discipline them and they're thinking, what's in your head, dad? Because I'm not sure. I, Of course, what was in my head was, I'd like you to grow up with a reasonable amount of self-control, my son. Or I'd like for you to grow up and know that, that no means no. And that you shouldn't, every urge you have is not a good urge. So you need to work. Does that make sense? So we do those things. I am sure that Jesus and the disciples, that the disciples fairly regularly looked at Jesus and thought, what is, what are you thinking about, Jesus? And they would ask at times, Especially when you start talking about the core of the gospel where Jesus died on the cross. When the disciples were watching Jesus die on the cross and they knew all the power he had. They knew who he was. The fact that he could just, you know, 
and be, be out of there. I don't know that Jesus ever went. But you know what I mean? I'm sure that that was somewhat confusing. What's going on in your head, Jesus? Of course, he had a master plan there. Um, so hold that thought. Uh, instead of jumping into our first series, this year I thought we would set aside the first weekend uh, when I was going to share. And I basically want to share a couple things that are going on in my head regarding our church as the lead pastor. It was probably six or eight weeks ago when I was looking at the teaching calendar and I, I think I felt a nudge from the Lord. Got a couple things I want you to talk about as you start the new year. So that's what we're going to do today. It may not be the most amazing, wonderful uh, message ever. Uh, come next week. It'll be awesome. Um, but I think it can help us as a church family, if this is your church home, to get on the same page. And if you're new, it's a great weekend to be here because you'll get a kind of a glimpse behind the curtain and some of the deeper things that we think about around here. So for the text, we landed in Matthew 7, where it has some principles that were the things that I was thinking about. Uh, background, what's going on in the Bible when, this, uh, when Jesus says these words is, Jesus is in the middle of what uh, we call the Sermon on the Mount, which is a pretty long teaching section. He's talking to a lot of people who are either following him or they're curious about following him. Uh, he teaches in the Sermon on the Mount over three chapters. He talks about how to be blessed by God. He talks about letting your light shine and trying to make a difference in the world. He brings up moral issues and challenges people to get married, stay married, be honest, be authentic. Don't fake your spiritual life. He has a section on don't live your whole life for money. Because that would be bad. Um, and he's getting ready to wrap up. He's moving toward the end of the teaching. And he says this in verse 13. By the way, he said this to a group 2,000 years ago. And he says it to us today. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate... And broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. It's just two verses. Let's read them again. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So, title of the talk is just Vision Weekend 2023, and I want to give you two things that are on my mind as we move into this year, and I think it's going to affect and be part of the vision for this year. Let me pray, and I'll give you these things to think about. God, I have some ideas here that I think you want me to talk about, but mostly, as usual, we need you to be the teacher here. Talk to us in our hearts, our souls, our minds, um, and make sense of it. 
Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. That would be good, Lord. Make sense of it. Got two ideas from the text. The first thing is this. As we consider 2023, I'm thinking it will likely include difficulty. If you want to write something down. It'll likely include difficulty. Now, I'll be right up front. It's not because I see some major like, oh, no, the church is going to blow up in April. Because, does that? But what I'm thinking is from the text, the idea of the enter through the narrow. So we'll put the text up again. Enter through the narrow gate. Wide is the gate. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it. Small is the gate. Narrow the road. That leads to life. My experience, my observation is narrow is oftentimes not easy. Uh, so likely, again this year, there will be things come up if you and I try to follow Christ, develop spiritually, be healthy, do what God wants us to do. There will be hard stuff. Narrow, we live actually on a fairly narrow road. It's about five, seven minutes to the east. And if you're on a narrow road, you have to pay more attention because it's just not as wide. Our little road, you know, if, if another car is coming from the other direction, pay attention or you'll end up rubbing each other. Does it, or there's a, a little bridge on our road over a creek, and I'm sure it's supposed to fit two cars, but you should pay attention. Another thing on our little narrow road is there's potholes. And there's more potholes on the little narrow roads than typically on the big superhighway things. Narrow is more focused, pay attention, you know, compared to if you get, if we were all going to go to Indianapolis today, you just get on one of the big four-lane highways, right, set her on cruise and just go. Or some of you may have a car where you can like push a button now and it'll keep you, and it'll drive itself. Does anybody have one of those cars, sort of, kind of? You really? Can we be friends? How do you afford that stuff? <laughs> you have one of those? Does it work? Sorry, a little side note. I guess you're alive. Okay, working for you. But it's the difference between the wide kind of thing and the narrow thing. By the way, I was studying this word for narrow, and I didn't know this, uh, it, it'll come up on the screen. It's part of this narrow, this picture of a narrow way. It means to press, afflict, make narrow, or hem in. It includes the possibility of rubbing the wrong way, friction, as in a restricted, narrow place. That doesn't feel all that comfortable, does it? One commentator was trying to illustrate this wide way or the narrow way. And he described Jesus' way something like this. This is actually a fill in the blank. It says, the narrow way is like an invitation to an amazing house, but the only entrance is through the crawl space. That was, and I thought, that's a pretty good word picture. Um... For those of you that don't know what a crawl space is, next picture, it's this kind of a thing. So in my mind, I was imagining Jesus saying, come here, come on, let's go. We're going to go into this great house 
Like in from the outside, you'd look and you could tell, I want to be in there. And Jesus would say, well, come on. And then he would walk you around the corner because you, you'd be like, how do we get in? And he would say, well, the entrance is over here. You know, there we go. Belly crawl. Get through there. Then the, then the word came to my mind when I was picturing that image, squeeze. Have you, have you ever tried to get through one of those little, you know, places? It's, it's like, ooh, how are you going to get through there? And I was reminded of different times in my life, and if you're a Christian, you have probably felt this. The squeeze of the Holy Spirit in your life calling you to a place that may not be a place of comfort, but will say, no, 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 this is my, you can go the wide way where everybody goes, but I'm inviting you to a more narrow place. I've told this, I've told about this moment hundreds of times. I'm sure some of you have heard it. When I first became a Christian, I was 20 years old, hanging out with my friends in Mike Ben's basement because he had a pool table. And I was playing pool and missed a shot and dropped the F-bomb. Boom! You know, why? Because at 20, I had, that's what I did. And, and, but I became a Christian and I should have made the shot. Anyway, and I still remember this kind of encounter in my spirit and with God where it's like the Lord right over, I, could, I can still picture it. And it was like the, the Lord kind of came across my shoulder and communicated, you know, something like, yeah, hey, Mark, yeah, I really like you, I died on the cross for you, I'm inviting you to follow me. But that, what you just did, there's not enough room in the entrance. You can't bring that into the house. And it was a uh, decision point in my life. And since then, I've never cussed. Ha! <laughs> six, there's six people like, seriously? No, okay. <laughs> but, but, it was a, but it took me, this is just being honest, right? It took me on a journey where I realized the, part of the narrow way of following God, it'll affect what comes out of my mouth and should affect what comes out of my mouth. It still happens in my mind a lot, but I don't say it <laughs> very often, especially not if I'm with anybody. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was a tangent. I'm not sure how I got on that. Uh, oh, Theologically, our understanding of God, if you get to know Jesus, start to follow him. He, he, God's theology about even who Jesus is is fairly narrow. John 14, 5, Jesus, uh, a disciple, a follower of Jesus asks him this. He says, how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now look at this statement. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father, heaven, eternity, the presence of God. No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow, is that a narrow statement. Especially in our culture, which would kind of lean toward, you know, always lead to God and and. Whatever you'd kind of do is good and great. And when Jesus says, no, 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 
I'm the way. That's kind of a narrow uh, profession. Is that the right word? I don't know. You know what I mean. I was in a conversation this last fall. I was flying back from Phoenix to here. And I think I told this story either on a weekend, a part of the story, or on a te teaching. I can't remember where I shared it. But I met Mitra on the plane. And we had a three-and-a-half-hour flight. And uh, Mitra, Mitra was a talker, and I was a talker. And so we ended up talking. Remember Mitra? I still have her card. We had a delightful conversation. She was just a very nice lady. She was the regional color director for Chanel. I was like... I'm like, well, what's that? And it wasn't as glamorous as the card, but I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. But anyway, we talked about life. Uh, we shared family photos, and we were similar ages, so we talked about, you know, kids and that and all this stuff. We talked a little bit about profession things, and I shared I was a pastor, and she was the regional color director version of that, and, and um, hobbies. And in the midst of all that, spiritual things came up. So we talked actually quite a bit about God on the trip. She described herself as a very spiritual person, but, but probably not a Christian. And so I won't get into the details, but we talked about all different kinds of things. And uh, as I began to try to talk about some of the specifics and opportunities, opportunities of Christianity... I remember her saying something like this. She said, Mark, I just don't believe it's that hard. And, you know, it's like, if, as long as you're kind of okay, and as long as you don't do, you know, the wide road was like, yeah, it's all going to be, it's all going to be fine. And another thing that she said, and she said this a couple times, she said, didn't all the major spiritual leaders basically do and teach the same thing? And she mentioned like Allah and Buddha, Muhammad, and Jesus. Aren't they all kind of the same? And I remember the conversation uh, shifted just a little when I said, no. <laughs> and kind of smiled. I said, no. And she's like, what? I said, no. And I tried to clarify with her, I said, Mitra, look, Jesus, let's talk about Jesus. Jesus came from heaven, had a plan to come to earth, lived a perfect life. He loves you and I enough that he gave himself to die on a cross because of the dumb stuff and the sinful stuff. By the way, she didn't really like talking about the sinful stuff. You know, that was like, no, 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 no. But, but over time, we talked a little bit about, oh, come on, Mitra. I've done, you know, sinful stuff, hurtful things to people, things that were ignorant and things that I, how I ignored God. Anyway, I, I said, Jesus died on the cross for every sinful thing that we did. He loved us that much. And then, I said, and after his death, he rose from the grave. And I I uh, said something like, Mitra, of the people you just mentioned, who rose from the grave? I said, only Jesus rose from the grave. And I remember she said something like, oh, I never thought about that. And I remember thinking, think about that. <laughs> and just to bring this concept into the room, can I just tell you, 
in the world we're living in, and people might think, oh, it's all the same, and his religious thing is all the same. Jesus Christ is not like everyone else. There is no one, there is no one like Jesus or had the claims of Jesus. There's just not. That may feel narrow, but it's the truth. But uh, a little tangent, if I can get through it. I don't know if I can. We're living in a world, and I get it, it's way easier just to believe whatever we want to believe because it's comfortable. But ultimately, the truth will prevail. You got, isn't it easy to live deceived and just decide? Because, by the way, like, like Mitra, I think her view was, oh, in the end, everybody gets to go ahead and, to heaven and everything is great. And you know what? I wish she was right. Like, there's part of me like, that's, I could see why that would be fun to believe. But can I tell you, we will be better off believing what is actually true because what is actually true is what's going to come to pass. Does that make sense? You want to grow up in the Lord? You want to grow up as a human being? Go after the truth and not just what's easy to believe. Get back to your notes, Mark. Okay, I will. Uh, this applies to the vision here at Vineyard. Here is a fill in the blank. At Vineyard, we're going to stick with the narrow way. We're going to stick with it. Whether it's comfortable, uncomfortable, we're going to try to stick with it. And that's not because we want to be hard or make it hard for everybody or be the, you know. It's because of the scripture that says in our text, wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Why the wide way may feel easier for a while, but it's a mess. Just a note from uh, a social media feed the other day, just two days ago, and this seemed to apply to this idea. We're going to go the hard way. It's a challenge sometime. But I think we should also admit, ready? Isn't the wide way or the, hard way, the narrow way? It's all hard. It's all difficult. I came across this post, and, and I thought, oh, this is good. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Part of me thinks obesity, that'd be easy. I could, I can pull that one off. But do you know what it means? Like it means, but there's, there's difficulty that comes both ways. Choose your hard. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your hard. Communication is hard. Not communication is hard. Choose your hard. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff in this thing. Life will never be easy. Sorry, aren't you so glad you came? <laughs> There's going to be hard stuff. So choose the hard stuff. Choose the things that will ultimately bring you more life, God's way, eternity. Make good choices. All right. So the first idea is, as we consider 2023, I'm thinking it will likely include difficulty. Uh, I want to insert something before we get to the second point. Uh, uh, I'd like to be a church. This has to do with us. Could we help each other 
when people are in a narrow way decision. We need to be voices to each other that encourage each other to say, I know that might be more difficult. Do it God's way. There's a lot of voices that'll just say, take the easy way. We should, as brothers and sisters, challenge each other and encourage each other. We need encouragement. <laughs> I got more notes here, but I think I'll go on. But I don't know. Second idea, as we consider 2023, I'm thinking we should keep inviting others. Keep inviting others. We're going to finish our time with the idea of it may feel like if we invite others to the way of Jesus and to follow God that they'll say no. But folks, some people will say yes to even the narrow way. I was in a great uh, conversation with a young couple at the church. They're going to get married this next fall in November, I think. Um, and I heard through some conversation that because of the complexities of life and there's financial things and all that, they were thinking about going ahead and living together before they got married. And, um, how I many know that's like the wide way? There's a lot of voices that say, oh, don't make it so hard. Just go ahead and start living together now. Does that make sense? So I had a conversation with him. It was a great conversation. I tried to give him some wisdom. And ultimately, long story short, I just said, don't do it, you guys. You've been trying to honor God with your relationship. Don't do it. You can do that. And it, what, the cool part at the end, guess what they said, basically, okay. And I, part of me went, really? You know, because we live in a world where that's not always the response. And they're like, okay. And I just touched base with uh, them uh, a couple days ago just to double check. Like, are you guys going to, you're making a plan and not live, all that? And I share the story to tell you that it may feel like at times it's useless to invite people to follow Jesus. But I'm telling you, there are people who will say yes. They may not say yes if no one ever invites them. It may not say yes if no one ever brings it up. Aren't you glad that someone invited you to follow God when you weren't really all that interested in following God for most of us? I think back to the guy who was God used to lead me to Christ. He should have had no hope that I would ever say yes to God. I wasn't looking for God. Does that make sense? I was, yeah. But I'm so glad he didn't see where I was and think, no way that guy will ever turn toward Jesus. Because I did. You can write this in. Don't ever think that everyone will resist an invitation. It's not true. In our text, it says, wide is the gate, right? Broad is the road, many enter through it. It'd be easy to think, oh, everybody just stays on the wide road. But don't forget in verse 14, it says, if you find it. Some will say yes, 
And just so you know, there are other parts uh, in the biblical record where Jesus wasn't quite so pessimistic with the only a few find it. There's this great text. I've been wanting to share this for six weeks since I started thinking about this talk. In John 4, 35, Jesus says to a group of disciples, he says to them, open your eyes, look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. That's a very positive vision. Like, guys, open your eyes. There's all kinds of ministry to be done here. A bunch of fruit is ready to be picked. And what adds to the power of this verse is the context when he says it. So let me tell you what's going on. Jesus is kind of on the outs. He's kind of in the middle of nowhere, outskirts of town. He's by a well. There's like nobody there. The disciples have gone into town. It's just him. And a woman uh, shows up. She's a non-religious lady, been married and divorced five times, and she's living with the new guy. Just a side note, that's kind of wide road living. Amen? If you've been married and divorced five times, welcome to the church, but that's kind of wide. Uh, and you're living with the next guy. Side note, on the wide road, my guess is this woman has felt some of the pain, some of the destruction of the wide road. You don't go through five marriages, five divorces, live with, with a lot, without a lot of pain in the middle of that. All right? But that's the, let's see, make sure if I got that. So she, five, five times this wide road. But long story short, that woman, through a conversation with Jesus, comes to faith. That woman. The woman you think, no way. Ethel, ha! she'll never become a Christian. She, right? Ethel. Her name's not Ethel. I made that up. <laughs> Ethel. How old is that name? There's no Ethel. <laughs> Is there an Ethel in the room? Okay. It was my grandma's name. All right. But it's in that context when the disciples come back, and still there's like nobody there. And, and he, that's when he tells the disciples, open your eyes. I tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So that brings us to... Vineyard 2023, here's one of my hopes. You can write this in. Let's keep our eyes open to the opportunity. Your friend, who's not named Ethel, the, the, or that, the one guy, and you think, man, he never, he won't come to church. Maybe so many people have always thought that they've never invited him. By the way, how many... No, I won't do that. Man, I'm so grateful for Mr. Green who invited me to church when I was even more of a pathetic loser than I am today and had all kinds of issues. But somewhere in there, he knew the power of God and the love of God and that that following God was the best thing that could happen to me. I have to believe that he knew that. And so he risked it and said, hey, why don't you come with me to church? And it was at that church that I ended up hearing about the gospel and thought, 
my way isn't all that great. I'll follow God. So let's keep our eyes open. And then the last thing is just a a question of self-reflection for all of us. Is this my year to respond to the narrow way? Maybe you've been on the wide road and you're just feeling the tug from the Lord to go. There's an alternative way to live. And, And if that's you, Toward the beginning of the year is a great time to just decide, I'm going to live for God. I need the forgiveness of Jesus. I need his power to change my life. If that's you, man, welcome to the best way ever to live. Kind of narrow. Kind of hard. But it's a really good hard. Why don't you stand and we'll close. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.